Ladies and gentlemen, welcome into the closeout of week number 10, Monday Night Football, and what is going to be a nice divisional matchup here with some playmakers. With Odell Beckham Jr. now out there for a handful of plays, and maybe more is what the quote is right now, so we'll hash through that, and we'll hash through everything else as we close out week 10. Shout out Dak Prescott, Dak Prescott in the proper lineup formation with the Dearness Johnson, go up top, get yourself Christian McCaffrey, and fill in the rest of the pieces is the reason why like 5% of those Dak Prescott stacks made me have a very lovely week. And about 30% of those lineups circulating around Mr. Thomas Brady stacks, not so much. But we close out the week tonight and it's looking like a fun slate. There's valuable pieces in every single price range. It's looking good. Guys are underpriced all across the board. So what does that do? On a Millie Maker, we get the prices now a little bit softer. It lets us build whatever lineups we possibly want tonight. So let's get into it. Let's slide on a late night and an early morning, depending on when you're watching this. The subscribe button slides up right there. You tap that. We get into it. Let's start this bad boy off and transition into the players by salary order. We start up top with the man, the myth, the legend, Cooper Cup today. So, the big news, Odell Beckham Jr. is joining this team. Ian Rappaport reports that, well, he's going to be out there and being targeted, and whatever that means, for a handful of plays and maybe more. Or a few plays was the word and the quote used. Robert Woods is now out on this team, so you would expect if Odell is not going to be fully out there, at least the quote is saying that, and Robert Woods is now out, Tyler Higby, Van Jefferson C bumps up, obviously Cooper Cup and himself here becomes more secure with his right now 32% target share and 11.4 targets per game, which is third in the NFL, right? This is a man who only one time this season has below 16.2 fantasy points in a game and four straight games of 20 plus DraftKings points. Over, averaging over 26 fantasy points per game, which is more than what Devontae Adams was averaging last year when he smashed everybody at 25.6 fantasy points per game. So yes, you get Cooper Cup here at $12,000. I currently have him projecting out as the highest projected player in the slate, just slightly ahead of his own quarterback. He becomes a yes for me. So you get Cooper Cup's going to see more secure role that he's already seen. Tyler Higby, Van Jefferson's probably see some bumps now with no Robert Woods and potentially a limited Odell. And the interesting thing tonight will be to track the injury news, and we'll get down to these $200 players, but fellas in the preseason that you might remember, J.J. Koski or Koski, he was a preseason all-star. Preseason all-star, the short guy out of the slot. He had a good college career as well, although not really much competition. If he's activated, he can maybe see a couple of routes. I don't expect him to be the preseason guy garnering 10 and 11 target games from like Bryce Perkins, right? If you're preseason, you know that. But I do expect him to run routes if he's activated. Same thing for his teammate, Ben Skowernek, who if you're looking at depth charts, he's supposed to be like higher up on the depth chart to replace Robert Woods. Although when you're back on depth charts that far, I don't think it actually matters too much. But Koski does kind of profile up more like a slot receiver, which is where Cooper Cup has been right now the fourth most times in the NFL. So that's where I would go if anything down there. That's where some guys might run if they're activated instead of running zero routes and being inactive. They might run 10 routes, see a target or two, at least worth mentioning when we get there. Next up is going to be Matthew Stafford, who is third in the NFL with 36 attempts per game. And he leads the NFL with 308 passing yards per game because he is behind the number one pass blocking unit, according to Pro Football Focus. He has 20 plus DraftKings points in seven out of nine games. If he scores 20 plus today at below $11,000, there's a strong chance he's in the winning lineup or at least in a lot of top 10 finishing lineups and he has been averaging 8.6 fantasy points per game he is my second highest projected quarterback but because he's cheaper by 11 or 1200 dollars than his wide receiver cooper cup actually have him as a better value play i currently have matthew stafford as the best value play above seven thousand dollars if you're just talking about bang for your buck value those are on my patreon projections down below if you want to check them out projections ownership and optimizer rankings discord access a bunch of other stuff you check it out down below you can get all up in there benefits to all you beautiful beautiful people out there to start your week the best day of the week is monday and if it's not for you you got to change what you're doing on your mondays next up next up is going to be mr jimmy grappolo so 
Jimmy Garoppolo comes in here. And Jimmy Garoppolo has two times this year. Only two times because we know this team wants to run the ball real heavy. So only two times this year you get over 35 passing attempts. And in those games, he's got about 16.5 fantasy points and about 20.5 fantasy points. So not bad performances for a guy who is usually affordable. He's at about $10,000 flat here, a fair price point. They come into this game as just 3.5-point underdogs with a nice team total of 23.5. So there's a chance that they actually just lean on the run more if it's staying relatively close. The problem they'll have there is that this is a top three run defense and top three tackling unit with the Los Angeles Rams. So they might get in more second and third and longs, which means more attempts. So if this offense can be slightly efficient, who now is a healthy George Kittle, who Brandon Ayuk on back-to-back weeks has been firing on all cylinders. Oh yeah, they still have Debo Samuel. If this offense can start clicking, that's where you start to see these 35 plus attempt games. And that's where you start to see Jimmy Garoppolo projecting out for solid fantasy points. I've got Jimmy Garoppolo not for the 20 and a half, but not also for the 16. Somewhere in between there, you can see on Patreon right now, if the script does go for 35 plus attempts, I think he hits that. So far, you're getting a very bad offensive line matchup for him, though, because this Rams pass rush is number three in the NFL. So I would prefer uh, for just a little bit more Matthew Stafford over Jimmy G. I'll put Jimmy G on here as a maybe if you're choosing between these guys up top. It's going to be Stafford for me. It's going to be one of his pass catchers that are going to come up below this in momentarily. If you're playing 150s, though, yeah, I assume I get around 40, 50% Jimmy Garoppolo based on my ownership right now. I have Jimmy Garoppolo coming in at 42% projected ownership, which seems about right. Next up is the running back, Daryl Henderson, who seems overpriced here, but at the same time on an offense projected for nearly four touchdowns for a guy who most of the games this year is seeing all the opportunity share inside the red zone and in general it looks interesting and we kind of have to hash out the details from these past couple of weeks on Daryl Henderson because the last two weeks Daryl Henderson has seen his snap counts go from the 70s to 80 percent down to the 60 percent and has seen his touches drop while on the opposite side Sony Michelle has gone from playing 12 percent of the snaps in back-to-back weeks to now 30 percent and 40 percent the last two games I do think that Sony Michelle is going to be more involved than just 12 percent of the time I don't think that they can give Daryl Henderson an 85 percent snap share as if he's Najee Harris or Christian McCaffrey. But at the same time, I think we have to hash out the details. Two weeks ago against Houston, it was a blowout. Sonny Michelle played in the fourth quarter. It was a complete blowout. They blew their doors off, right? And they actively took Daryl Henderson out of that game because, yeah, he does have some injury concerns in his past. And then last week, it's the opposite. They're getting blown out. They're playing from negative game script the entire game against Tennessee. And it's interesting to note that they did go with more Sonny Michelle. 40% of the time there, the highest snap count that he's basically seen in a game where Henderson has been healthy this season. So what does that mean? Well, they just trusted him more a little bit in those pass protection plays, or he just played a little bit better. Henderson gets nicked up in the game, whatever it might be. So I don't think there's that much uh, trueness here if this game stays close one, if the Rams are leading by a touchdown or two in this game, and it's not a complete blowout, which the Vegas line indicates that it won't be a complete blowout. I do think that you see Daryl Henderson get closer to his 75% of the snaps type role, 70%. That being said, though, he's already priced for that role. And now because of the last two games, especially last week, there's some uncertainty to that role. So I think Daryl Henderson is still a fine play, but I do think that he's probably around $500 to $1,000 overpriced because this is just telling us at 9200 that he has his secure 80% of the snaps role when we haven't seen it in two weeks. We can say why there's reasons we haven't seen it, but we also don't know for a fact. So Henderson is 18.6 opportunities per game. He keeps him in play, obviously. His 20.5 routes is top five in the NFL. His 3.1 red zone tar- touches per game is top 10 in the NFL. So he's getting all these great opportunities still. I just think he's priced for it. And now the other thing to point out is that he's more expensive than Debo Samuel on this slate, right? He's more expensive than, depending on how you see George Kittle in this slate, more expensive than him by $1,200. The big issue I have here is that he's more expensive than Debo Samuel. Debo Samuel is a yes for me. Here's the thing. I know Brandon Ayuk has now played his normal role in back-to-back games of 90 plus percent of the snaps. I know George Kittle came back last week and looked absolutely fantastic, but even in a game where Brandon Ayuk is having a touchdown and a lot of yardage and a lot of targets, and George Kittle has a touchdown, a lot of yards and a lot of targets, even in a game where those other two pieces are going off, you still get nine targets from Debo 
Debo Samuel. Now, yes, it was his one of his worst, I believe his worst performance of the year at five catches for 63 yards. But it's not like he lost volume. He was still seeing the exact same volume, 10 targets per game. He's just naturally going to regress, right? He's not going to see these, these four and five and six yard targets now that his first two weeks of the season where he had these big plays after the catch, broken plays, and he scores these 60 yard touchdowns. Now that they're not skewing his overall numbers anymore. Yeah, Debo Samuel is mainly getting targeted like five to 10 yards down the field. He's not getting targeted 20 yards downfield. So his targets are not worth as much as a Cooper Cup who gets targeted more down the field. But now he's not priced at like a Cooper Cup at $3,000 cheaper. I know Kittle is back. I know that you're going to be getting out there more and more Brandon Ayuk. But at $9,000 for a man who is seeing 10 targets per game and even with them back last week, the worst case scenario you got it last week for Debo was still a nine target game and still some production. He's going to be a yes for me as I currently have him as the third highest projected player on the slate, even though he's priced as the fifth most expensive. And now as we keep going, since we've talked about a couple of these players, I want to point some of them out. I have a five pick flex play. I put 200 on it, potentially going $2,000 rooskies to end the Monday. That would be lovely on here over on price picks. I took Debo over 68 and a half receiving yards. I have Debo for 82 receiving yards right now. So I smashed the over on that one. Here's a little bit of a spoiler alert, but I have the over 11 and a half receiving yards on Elijah Mitchell. Why? Because he caught all five passes last week. Jermichael Hasty is out this week. I think Jeff Wilson will be active, but I expect Elijah Mitchell to see at least two targets in this game. We're hoping he can get to 11 and a half receiving yards. I have him for 16 receiving yards. We already talked about Matthew Stafford over 280 and a half receiving yards. We love this number. He's averaging 308 receive passing yards per game, right? Over three, uh, 280 receiving passing yards, not receiving. So I take this number because I have 303 passing yards in this game. The other thing to mention on Debo Samuel over on underdog, this is why you shop your lines. You should have accounts on both underdog and prize picks. Underdog and prize picks are just over under sites. You take the over unders on fantasy points, props, passing yards, receiving yards, receptions, rushing, completions, interceptions, touchdowns, whatever it might be. You take the over unders, you should have accounts on both sites so you can shop your lines. If you use the code Sal on either site, prize picks is what we're showing you right now, or underdog, you get your first bet for free up to $100 rooskies. Free. F-R-E-E. -E. And dollar rooskies equal dollars if you're not familiar. If you don't know, now you know. So here's the thing. Debo Samuel's over under on price picks is 78 and a half. You're not taking the over over there when you're getting an extra free 10 yards just by checking the price on Debo over on price picks when it's not 78 and a half on underdog. And then I added Daryl Henderson under 16 fantasy points. This is the one that scares me the most because, you know, unders can be broken in like the first half and then you're dead in the water at that point. I have Daryl Henderson for 14.2 fantasy points. If he sees his full role, this is a real sweat. If Sony Michelle sees 30% of the snaps, I feel a lot better about this one. And then the fifth one would be, I do indeed like Tyler Higby, and we're about to get into that range because of the fact that you're not going to have Robert Woods and probably a limited in this section, a limited Odell Beckham Jr. So there you go. There's the five pick flex that I have for this slate. You use the code Sal, simple. You go to pricepicks.com, tap it in. It's code Sal when you sign up. There you go. You make the profile, get a free hundred dollar bet. It's as simple as that. It takes you two minutes. Check it out. Link down below. Next up, as we scroll and we scroll and you get to the man, George Kittle, the man who returned last week, who was going to have a quote unquote limited role. And it's hard to believe these coaches, especially Kyle Shanahan these days, because you had George Kittle return to 72% of the snaps. That ain't no limited role. 32 routes run, which is basically above his season average this year. It goes over hundred yards, scores a touchdown on eight targets. You got full Kittle last week and full Kittle. If you get him this week at $7,800 is going to be a hell of a matchup. He's probably gonna have a lot of Jalen Ramsey on him who's playing kind of this interior cornerback slash linebacker role that's going to be a lovely matchup to view and at this current price point of George Kittle I think that he's a fair play I think that George Kittle is more than a fair play I would say that he's not going to be an absolute scream slam dunk play but I'm still going to put him as a yes because he's $7,800 for a guy who is now fully back involved and look 
I mean, you're comparing him to the other guys priced above him. I think that he's going to be a better point per dollar value than Jimmy G, than Daryl Henderson. So then we slide him in as a yes, especially with the guys that come directly after him here. Like Odell Beckham Jr., I'll put as a maybe because I want to get some more details as Locke approaches. But he joined the team midweek. There's no way he knows the proper run blocking scheme. This is a very advanced run blocking scheme, right? I, that might not seem like the obvious thing to think about, but this is a very advanced run blocking scheme, right? Robert Woods knows how to run block in this offense. And definitely Cooper Cup does, right? So Odell comes in with three or four days notice. Not only does he have to learn all the routes, all the audibles, get on chemistry with Matt Stafford, which he definitely doesn't have yet. He now has to also learn all the packages for the run blocking that they definitely want to use in this offense. So when Ian Rappaport's reports that he's going to be out there and be targeted for a few plays, yeah, I do think so. I do think so. I think that definitely a red zone role makes sense. And I think that anything that is too advanced, he's not going to be out there for. So I don't see a full role for Odell. And I don't think he's priced to have a full role at $7,400, but I think he's priced to have a pretty close to full role, right? Like if Robert Woods is on this slate, maybe he's $8,000. So I think that Odell is a pretty risky play at 7400 If you're trying to win the Millie Maker, I guess you can go to him because he'll be much lower owned, but I'm not projecting him out. I'm hoping that we get more news on his exact role. Is it 50% of the snaps? What is it as the time goes on? They do usually tell us, at least the Rams usually tell us exactly what they're thinking when it comes to this stuff, as opposed to the guys on the other side on this 49ers team. And no better person to go to next than Brandon Ayuk, who they don't tell us about. Brandon Ayuk out of nowhere, being in the doghouse, out of nowhere, not seeing the routes run. And now the past two weeks, he's played over 90% of the snaps in each of those weeks. He ran 40 uh, routes last week, and he had his season best six catches, 89 yards, and a tud on eight targets. So now he has back-to-back games at 90% of the snaps, back-to-back games at seven-plus targets. He's finally coming on here, right? Now Muhammad Sanu is not out, although that doesn't really matter too much. It just gives him even more security to this role that he's receiving. But do keep in mind that Jimmy Garoppolo did throw 40 times last week. If Jimmy Garoppolo's overall attempts go back down to 30, this is now a five or six target game for Brandon Ayuk, right? It's now a six target game probably for George Kittle. I would assume that if anybody keeps their target share because of where they generate their targets, it would be Debo Samuel closer to the line of scrimmage. So keep that in mind. If it goes back to his season average 30 attempts for Jimmy G in this game, you're getting the five or six target game from Brandon Ayuk, which at $6,600, if he's not scoring a touchdown, could be tough. A five catch for 60 yard day could be tough to really pay off. So Brandon Ayuk is definitely in play. He's not a screaming yes for me because of these basically next three guys. And we'll start with Elijah Mitchell, who is way too cheap. I said we already took the over 11 and a half fantasy points for Elijah Mitchell. We love that one. Elijah Mitchell at $6,400 is way too cheap. No Jermichael Hasty. Maybe they activate the rookie Trey Sermon for this game, but I think they're going to have Jeff Wilson activated ahead of him. Wilson was activated off the PUP, but just didn't play last week. So their running backs are going to be number one, Elijah Mitchell, number two, Jeff Wilson, number three, probably Kyle Juszczyk. And then we'll see tonight if Trey Sermon is active or not. Right now, I'm not projecting him to be. But Elijah Mitchell last week finally saw passing game work when Hasty got hurt in a game where they trailed him through a lot. Five catches on five targets. Again, if Jimmy G goes back down to 30 uh, attempts, maybe you only see two targets in this game. We're hoping one of those or both of them can go for 11 and a half receiving yards. But it was very nice. He now has 65 plus percent of the snaps in each of his last four games that he started, and he is the clear running back one. At $6,400, I do have him projecting out for more than Ayuk and more than Odell and similar to George Kittle, who is, you know, $1,500 more. So it's going to be a yes for me on Elijah Mitchell. Elijah Mitchell also has a very nice super draft multiplier, which we'll, we'll kind of build out a super draft lineup momentarily when we get to our potential captain, who might just be this guy, Tyler Higby at 6,200. This is an expensive price tag for a tight end, but we have to keep a couple things in mind here. He's likely been a touchdown or bust tight end so far this season. I have it as tight end or bust, but touchdown or bust, but he's coming off of his highest target game, 10 targets. And in two out of his last three games, he's seen eight or more targets. And now there's a potentially limited Odell and no Robert Woods. So he had the season high 50 routes last game. Again, he got 10 targets on those, a 20% target rate because of the fact that they were down so big. Usually Higby is a touchdown or bust in these situations, but the fact that he might see an increased role now, more slot usage and be the second read in the offense more than he was previously when he was the third or fourth read, it bodes well for him. So at this price tag of $6,200, I'm actually going to like Tyler Higby probably more than the field is going to like him. I think that he actually has some captain upside. It's nowhere near that much though. Like I'm 
not going to be putting him in there in any extreme amounts. But I think that he's surely in play. I think if anywhere that he has a lot of captain upside, it's over on Superdraft, where they have a $25,000 contest tonight. It's definitely not going to fill. If you want to actually win a contest or finish in the money, your best chance of actually doing that is going to be over on Superdraft because you just face less people. Their contests fill at 80%, and DraftKings and FanDuel and everything else fills at 100%. So you're literally versing 20% less people. If you were going to run a race, a 5K, a half marathon, a marathon, and you can face 800 people to try and win and win money or or, or 1,000 people, you should probably choose the 800, right? That's basically what it's like going over to Superdraft. You can get a free 25 bucks too if you want to use the code SAL. I put Tyler Higby here in the captain spot because his multiplier is 2x. Now, I think that there's definitely some other similar good captain options like Elijah Mitchell and Debo who are on here, but it's not salary cap based. It's just what your multiplier looks like. So we'll start with Higby there. We put some of these guys in Mitchell and Debo and the rest. You can build out the rest of your lineup. I think that these guys are the highest projected I have right now. Other guys who come in with nice multipliers and high projections are Brandon Ayuk, are Debo Samuel, are going to be the kickers as well in this situation. But I do think that Tyler Higby could be a sneaky captain because not a lot of people are going to go to him in the captain spot on DraftKings. So I think that'll translate to their thinking when they get to Super Draft. But he looks a lot better over there because of his multiplier. And now a guy who's going to be interesting and is really going to be tied to the usage of Odell Beckham Jr. If Odell Beckham Jr. is not used all that much, the man that they really enjoy this year and the guy who really doesn't leave the field all that much, playing over 80% of the snaps on the season and averaging 30 routes run per game, is going to be Van Jefferson. Jefferson has at least six targets in each of his last three games, averaging 6.7 targets per those games. And now there's no Robert Woods, and now he's $5,400 on a showdown slate, and now he's a screaming yes for me. I like Van Jefferson a good amount. Van Jefferson grades out as my number one value play on the slate above $1,000. So basically, everybody above $1,000, he's my best point per dollar value as it stands. This next guy on his team is not going to be the case. $5,000 Sony Michelle is really expensive. And yes, he's seen his snaps increase the past two weeks to 30% plus. One was a blowout, and one was a blowout the other way where they use his pass catching game better. If this game stays close, I think you see Sony Michelle see six to eight touches. And unless he scores a touchdown, even at $5,000, like 20, 20 yards and a touchdown, seven points, is probably not getting you there. At $5,000, I see it very hard for Sony Michelle to pay off unless a Henderson gets hurt. If he was $4,000, a different story. $3,000, definitely a different story. But Sony Michelle grades out right now. Him and Odell are kind of the worst plays that I have in my projections. Odell can obviously get there because, you know, maybe the role is not as good as we see. But Sony Michelle, it's hard to actually imagine him seeing a 12 touch role in this game, which would be viable at $5,000. We start to close it up on these guys below 5k now. I mean the Rams defense to kickers They're all in play if I had to choose one of these guys in this 4k range and also just $2,400 49ers defense is actually a really nice value But if I had to choose one of them, I would go with Matt Gay He just projects out the best for me right now Although all of them look fine if you're playing in a smaller field single entry That's where the kicker can come and play a little bit more the final fellows on the slate at $2,000 or below Kyle Juszczyk should see maybe maybe you think that on paper He should see an increased passing role with no Jamichael Hasty here But it's just as easily can just be taken up right now by Jeff Wilson, or it could just as easily like last week be taken up by Elijah Mitchell. So I think that he sees maybe an increased role. He's only ran 36 routes the last three weeks, leading to just four targets, three catches, 25 yards. He needs to score a touchdown like he did against the Packers earlier this year, or he's basically pointless to have. I have him currently projecting out for 3.6 fantasy points, which is not that great, which makes him at best barely in play if he scores a touchdown. This is the name to monitor. If there is a player below $2,000 that I actually want to play on this slate, or really even below the kicker's price point of 4,000, it is Jeff Wilson. Because Jeff Wilson came off the PUP last week. He was a major part of this offense last year when he was healthy and the year before that in the red zone, but last year all over the field looking like a damn bowling ball and great. If he now he's off the PUP, he was activated for last week's game. He was the third running back on the roster behind Hasty. Hasty gets hurt in the game, and Elijah Mitchell and Kyle Yushek do the rest of the work. So if now Hasty is not going to be out there, I think that you actually see with an extra week now to learn the playbook after coming off the PUP, get in shape. I think you see Jeffrey Wilson actually see touches. So just track the inactives. We'll know them live on the stream tonight. We'll be live, by the way, if you're not already familiar with it, at 6 p.m. East. 
Coast time. Go live for an hour, answer your questions and answers. So there you go. Answer your questions and answers. How about that? I'll, I'll, I'll provide the answers, but also you can too if I got any questions for you beautiful people. So Jeff Wilson, he's going to be interesting because he could just as easily not see a touch like last week, but my guess is that he sees a little bit more work. Now, maybe that's just a Sony Michelle role, but if it is, if it is six to eight touches on the ground, maybe a catch, that Sony Michelle role is a pretty nice discount here for $3,800 less. Ross Dwelly, he's only ran 20 routes the last three games, and that's with that's with Kittle not being in there for two of them. Only five routes last week with Kittle in. No, thank you. We've already talked about JJ Koski at the top of the show and Ben Skolrenek. These guys are, JJ Koski was a preseason all-star, but he's kind of the backup to Cooper Cup. Maybe you see him be used a little bit more. I'll put him on here as a maybe, but he leans towards a no. Track if he's even active for this game. And then Ben Skolrenek, and this is the thing. This offense for the Rams basically just uses their guys. They'll use their two running backs. They'll use three receivers, which in this case would be Cup, Van Jefferson, and then Odell. And then they use their one tight end and Tyler Higby. They rarely use more guys down the roster than that. When it was Deshaun Jackson, they use him here and there because he has a very specialist role. I don't think they're going to use all that much J.J. Koski and Ben Skoranek. So, if there was one of these guys to use, it would be Ben Skoranek because I believe he profiles out more so to the backup. And I know I'm probably butchering his last name. I apologize for that to the family of Mr. Ben. But if there was a guy who was going to back, back up Robert Woods in this game, it would be Skoranek because of the fact that OBJ is going to be somewhat limited. That said, though, it's probably a really far dart throw, especially when you consider Tyler Higby will be more involved. No interest in Charlie Warner, who's barely active in this offense as a pass catcher. And then these last two guys with Muhammad Sunu out are actually worth mentioning. I think it's going to be more beneficial to Trent Sherfield. They also have Travis Benjamin and then Juwan Jennings. So Juwan Jennings hasn't done much. He's only ran 11 routes the last three weeks, zero catches on two targets. So he probably leans towards a no for me. And the guy that would lean towards a yes, if anything, and not really a yes, but a maybe, would be Trent Sherfield. I expect him to kind of step in for that role of Muhammad Sanu. It might just be shuffled around to each of these guys running like six routes and you're hoping for one or two targets. I only have them for like, I have right now, both of them for around two fantasy points. So if there is anybody below this $2,000 tag, it would probably end up being Jeff Wilson. I put a yes on him in this video, not to say every single one of my lineups, Sal put a yes, I got to put him in this lineup but no that's not what i'm saying at all i'm saying if you're choosing a guy below twenty two thousand dollars or two thousand dollars flat it would be jeff wilson for me if he's active that is not me saying start your lineup with jeff wilson for the value no i actually would rather not get down to this range if i don't have to and i think there are ways you can build your lineups where you don't have to tonight so there you go bada bing bada bang there's a whole dfs breakdown there's five props on a flex play to turn 200 into 2000 or whatever you're gonna do into that 10 exit baby and there's also a start to your super draft lineup right we ended up going with these three guys to start it out i have tyler higby in the captain in this lineup which is going to be a little bit risky, but I think that he's one of the three or four good captains, but he has the highest multiplier, so we're trying to get sneaky with that. Elijah Mitchell, Debo, you can put Cup in this lineup. You can fill out the last spot on your own. By far the best spot to actually put DFS money in if you actually want to build your bankroll tonight. If you use the code SAL, you get a free $25 rooskies when you put in $25, free dollars everywhere on Superdraft and over on PricePix, $300, whatever it might be. Appreciate you all a ton. Thank you for tuning in today. We'll be live at 6 p.m. East Coast time. Start your week off right with this breakdown. Now go get your coffee, go get your water, go get your day going, and get ready for some Monday Night Football. I'll see you when I see you, gang. I'll see you at 6 p.m. East Coast time. And if you're not there, hey, 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 hope you enjoy the rest of your day.